Hi, everyone. The following podcast is a Direct Message Network and Podcast One production. We are directly to your favorite stars. Good news, LaCroix fans. We are back. Okay. <laughs> LaCroix Sparkling Waters delivers refreshment, flavor, and sparkle with an innocent twist of zero calories, zero sweeteners, and zero sodium. Yeah. And there are 27 LaCroix flavors. They have two new ones. Okay. There's Limoncello Ooh, and Pastique. Yeah. With European finesse and unique flavor innovation, our exciting new Limoncello and Pastique are joining the LaCroix family of flavors. Okay. And even better, as you already know, LaCroix Sparkling waters are gluten-free, vegan, kosher, and non-GMO, Whole30 approved, and environmentally friendly. If you can hear Gio screaming in the background, that makes him really excited. Okay. (laughs) LaCroix cans are sustainable and recyclable, which is amazing. And they're the first on the market to be produced without BPA liner. This is a really, really good time to up your hydration. So enjoy LaCroix sparkling water. It's a healthier alternative for you and your lifestyle. And to find a whole list of their retailers nationwide, just go to LaCroixWater.com. Or you could get more information by joining the LaCroix community on social at LaCroix Water. Hashtag LaCroix Boys. (laughs) Okay. This is adulting like a mother father. Thanks for tuning in to learn more. We applaud you. Now sit back, relax. So baby, keep it pushing while we have a couple laughs. And maybe get a little mushy. But don't forget to take a deep breath. Adulting can be hard sometimes. Just take the next step. Pick the right foot up and put it in front of the left. You do this over and over and you'll be ahead of the rest. And let me introduce you to the star of the show, Daniela Monet. I bet you probably heard her say, Chicago, Chicago. Well, now she's all grown up and got a little baby boy. His name is Gio. Dang, what a bundle of joy. We're a tribe of three, but we're building a community. So come along. It's time for some adulting. Hello, hello, hello. This is Adulting Like a Mother Father. The bathrobe edition. Oh, that's right. Andrew's in a bathrobe. Uh, happy Tuesday, everyone. I'm Daniela Monet, uh, the mother. And I'm Andrew Gardner, the father. And we're both adults. adults. Um, and if you are an adult or just trying to be one, this is the show for you. Should we start off with a little adulting win and fail? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, gosh. Don't put me in the hot seat. Okay. Adulting win. Okay. Um. Oh, gosh. I'm going to have to give it up for Mr. Geo. He's um, an eating machine. I originally thought I wasn't going to introduce or we weren't going to introduce food during quarantine because I was nervous about, you know, potentially, you know, him having allergies or choking or whatever. But I just couldn't keep him from eating. This kid wants to eat everything. So um, we're trying it out and it is so freaking adorable. And the fail would be that his poops have quadrupled in Dude, size. his poop today, it smelled like <laughs> rotten pumpkin. Okay. <laughs> the best is i brought him to you in the office with a diaper and you said why does this kid smell like pumpkin and i burst into laugh because i just thought that's exactly what i thought why does he smell like pumpkin i don't know he hasn't even eaten pumpkin no i mean that was a foul scent i haven't smelled that for some time (laughs) so thank you for that i appreciate it my okay so my fail is is currently happening right now my stomach is literally eating itself because i've had too much coffee oh you know what i'm saying oh i love a good too much coffee only a little bit of water no food okay. now my stomach is inside out okay can i give you just a little um reassurance i just read something that intermittent fasting with the with the combination of mindful eating clean eating is a really good way to keep yourself especially healthy mm. and a good way to hopefully you know not contract a virus i did read that 
Intermittent fasting. Does fasting mean that you don't put anything in your stomach? I think coffee is actually allowed. Because I did read that coffee is good for your immune system too. Obviously with like all, without all the junk in it. Yeah. Yeah. Like Uh, organic coffee. I've been drinking it pretty clean. Just doing Americanos or whatever. Okay. What's your fail? Oh, that was your fail. fail, What's your win? Um, Dude, my win is just geo. Yeah, I know. Just geo. That's my life. Ask me about my life right now. Just geo. (laughs) Okay. That's all I got. You guys are like two little peas in a pod. It's Dude, he just, I was telling you this. Was this this morning or last night? I don't know. What are days? What are times? I just feel, I feel so lucky because this kid is amazing. Like this kid has changed my life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I haven't, sorry to you. I haven't (laughs) smiled and laughed like this in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like this, every time I look at this kid, he just lights up and then it lights me up. I know. You know what I mean? It's magic. Like, Dude. I, I feel like I say this all the time, but it just feels like I just can't believe that we did this and we have him and he's ours and we get to wake up to him and hang out with him. And when he goes to sleep at night, we just can't wait for him to wake back up. I know. Oh, it's the best. Okay. Those are very good. Um, so what's on your mind? What's on my mind is I freaking sweat a lot. You know, part of it's the coffee. Okay. I just feel like I need to air this out. Why? Well, because I'm sweating right now, so it needs to be aired out. But I'm just a sweater. I don't know why. You know what I mean? And I know you are too, so you can relate to this. I only sweat when I'm like anxious. Or, yeah, I'm not sweating. Yeah, so definitely it's that. It's the coffee, I think, starts it all. Oh, okay. Right? I have coffee like pr- pretty much first thing in the morning. I mean, I do my things first, like meditate, whatever. And then I have coffee like 30 minutes or 45 minutes after I wake up. And then if I go into work and I'm stressing or whatever, like that's when it starts flowing. Like, Okay. Well, falls. we should talk about that because I just read another thing. Um, we need to not be stressing. Stressing is it's the bad first. It's corona. Yeah. It's the first way to compromise your immune system yeah. or cripple your immune system was exactly what I read. Yeah. So I just think don't like either minimize this coffee situation or just like stop being so analytical or hard on yourself or whatever that's causing you to be stressed because yeah, nope, not going to happen here. I have to work really hard at not doing that. Yeah, I know. Do you know what I mean, I don't you know why that is. I don't have answers. Like, yeah. Just figure out how to be happy. I think what helps me is when I, I, um, stop thinking and I'm doing more. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm just doing without thinking, which it sounds like, duh, it's very simple. But for some people, I don't think it's that simple. Like our brains just work differently. My brain's always going like a hundred miles an hour and I'm always overthinking stuff or whatever. And it causes me to stress and I care, Yeah, you know, I, know. You I just care, care a, lot. a lot about like delivering and making sure like I'm doing my best or whatever. And I have high expectations for myself. And when I don't meet those or I don't feel like I'm like doing the things I need to do to meet those. Mm-hmm. Then you're a hard worker. You're like the definition of a, of someone who works really hard. I guess. Yeah. I've always had, okay. You lead me into something good. I've always, I've always struggled with the balance between the idea of just working hard. Like, you know, everyone talks about, I'll oh, be the person who comes in before everyone else and leaves after everyone else. Like if you're not waking up at four or five o'clock in the morning and like working until midnight, like you're not a hard worker. You know what I mean? Like that's the, like the really intense side of the spectrum, but there's also the working smarter side. I like that one. Do you know? Yeah, we know you do. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always struggled with that because B. <laughs> oh yeah. B. <laughs> Oh my God. All right. We, we got to talk about this. 
I should have I should have posted. I'm sure everybody already saw this. I'm sure it was the floating video. around. It was oh, just the so video good. of this guy, right? He's being interviewed. Just do the whole video. Do it. Get into it. Well, no, me, no, 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 no. Let me just pull it up real quick. No, you can literally you, you can want me do to, like, the redo voice. It? Yeah. Oh, Come it's on. like uh, how does it start? Just help me with that piece. You can He's like if you can quarantine with your Okay. Or whatever. It's like yeah. You can choose during, a. during this time. You can either quarantine or during this time, you can either A, quarantine with your wife and kid, or B. And B. Then he, just <laughs> <laughs> he jumped into B so fast. He doesn't hear the it's option. It's just this like viral video that's going around that, I don't know, if you need a good It's laugh. just the delivery. Of course. Kills it's me. always about the delivery. I've watched it 37 times and I've laughed every single time. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I, I totally disrupted what you were thinking. I don't know what I was saying. The Dang coffee. It, no way. What? I don't know. I just, I'm bummed that you, you forgot what you were saying because I think it's good. <sighs> Uh, oh, the balance between like working hard and yeah, working yeah. smart. Yeah, working smart, B. <laughs> B, yeah, yeah, B. So anyways, it's like, it's just tough for me to pinpoint exactly where I want to be. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because it's like, I feel these pressures and I can't really explain it, but it's like the the obvious answer is like to work smarter and still get the results you want or whatever and work less and like be happier or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then it depends on like everyone wants different things, right? And the yeah. level of things that you want. And if you like if you want to be the best or you want the best, it, it feels like you also have to do the other side, which is like be the hardest worker in the room. Yeah. Do I we think... have a baby that's awake now? Yeah, but he'll go back down. Yikes. Dude, this kid, side note, this kid just this week has been taking this first morning nap has been like two hours. Like I it's know. been magical. And he's like the 30 minute kid, which is what he's doing now right now. Showing. Yeah. <laughs> we banged on another two hour nap and we got a 30 minute or um... side, side note on the sleep thing. Like, he's also had, like, weird nights lately, too. Yeah, there's some growth happening for sure. I think, like, introducing food, his digestive system changing. Yeah. It's just, like, all this baby stuff. Anyways, aside from that. And he keeps digging at his foot with his other foot. Do you know what I mean? Like, he has, like, an itch or something, and he keeps, like, digging one toenail into the other foot. And I'm like, well, dude, what are you doing? You had way too much coffee. I'm going right Literally now. nothing you say right now is interesting to me. Well, whatever. <laughs> like, get your head straight. What's interesting to you? Let's talk about what's interesting to you. Um, I don't know. I, I'm going to be honest. Like, I haven't thought too much about the virus these last, I don't know, maybe this last like week, week and a half. Yeah, but again, been, we don't watch the news. news right? No. But last night. The issue is you're getting news from your family. I know. Because we have this group thread and some of the conversation just was annoying. It's like. Yeah. Not what they're, not them. They're not annoying. It's just what's being said, you know, and like hearing that there's a possibility we're going to have, you know, this shelter at home for a significantly longer period of time after this, this first month, which I've heard is up until April 30th. So possibly another month in addition to that. And which is fine. Like I can accept that we're doing this for a bigger purpose. That's fine. But there's a lot of like fear and stress and anxiety. Um, and also just the idea that we're not supposed to now go to the market for the next couple of weeks or what they're advising just because there's going to be a spike in cases. So they're just trying to, you know, keep everything more mellow and, and not spread. Yeah, it's tough, but it makes sense because I mean, totally. the, the markets are like the grocery stores. Yeah, right? the grocery stores. Are like yeah. the one place or like one of few places that people are still congregating. Yeah. And a lot of people are going because everybody needs food. Yeah. It's just a weird, like, it's all weird. It's just yeah. all a little weird, and I'm trying to just stay focused on the positives, and there are a lot of them, um, 
But I think the other conversation that people aren't having nearly enough is aside from just social distancing, we need to do our part to keep ourselves healthy, you know? So like going back to what I said about the stress thing, which is part of the, one of the number one things that were on this list of what we can do to help keep ourselves healthy. Okay. Stop there. What are some things that you do to de-stress? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I take, well, to de-stress. Yeah. De-stress or just be proactive about stress. I'm not like a super stressful person or stressed out person. (laughs) Why are you laughing? I don't know. I just, yeah, I don't know. But, but one of the things that I think is, well, a few things I think are really important to do is take vitamins. Um, you know, like for anyone, just a multi, I I take a lot, but that's just me. I take, um, a prenatal vitamin. I take a prenatal probiotic. That's good for, um, while you're lactating as well. So it's good for breastfeeding as well. I take a B vitamin, a D vitamin, a C vitamin. Um, I did read that you're supposed to take zinc during this time. That could be really helpful. Um, and then what else do we take? You say B. I take B, yeah. Um, I mean, I know that I load up on, um, I take B12 and D3 mm-hmm. every day. And then the only other thing I would usually take on top of that is maybe C or zinc. Yeah. But that's it. When yeah. I take D3 and B12, I feel optimal. Yeah. So D, I mean, that's obvious because it's like what what you would get from the sun and what is supposed to make you feel happy or yeah, if you're, your immune system and your mood. I've and heard that. it's like an anti, it's like a natural antidepressant. Yeah. Um, and then B is good for energy. And I think in times like this, where we feel like a little stagnant, that could be really helpful. Um, so anyways, those are, those are just obvious ways of helping yourself, you know, feel better and, and maintain, you know, so just vitamins. Well, no, not just vitamins, but like what you you should eat me. Oh my gosh. The way I eat is number one. Okay. Vitamins are supplemental, but the way way you look at stress is what you're putting into your body. I'm huge on everything that goes into my, we know (laughs) I'm very, very good about what I, I think what we eat as a family and now what we feed geo. Like I want to implement good, healthy habits from the get go. I want to pay you a compliment because you've changed the way that I eat a lot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it took me a long time. Like I I made changes pretty quickly. Right. But I was still eating meat once in a while and and dairy once in a while, whatever. It took me a long time to like go through this adjustment. And, um, I fought it along the way. And sometimes like I still have the desire for certain things or whatever. Um, but I'm still strong, still plant-based strong. Um, no, but the compliment is, is I just want to thank you because I think, you know, you, you've always seen things very clearly mm-hmm. from your perspective around food. And, um, like you do a really good job of making sure that we eat good stuff and clean stuff and stuff that's healthy for our bodies. And that's important. It's number one on my list. First of all, thank you. But it's number one on my list that we take care of ourselves because well, we said it last week or the week before, like yeah. if you don't have health, you have nothing, nothing. Yeah. I just want to stress that. Yeah. It's a big thing for me. I think that, um, to keep ourselves healthy is number one. And it's one of the things I prioritize. And, um, I just think it's going to hopefully help us obviously in these times, but in the long run. So, yeah. Well, on that note, yes. um, we have a really, really, really cool guest this week. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about stress and mood or whatever, it's the perfect time to bring Dr. Lori Santos in. So if you don't know who she is, she's a professor at Yale. She teaches a course on the science of happiness and it's the most popular course at Yale in its history, 
right? Which is a big deal. It's impressive. But she's also the host of the Happiness Lab podcast, uh, which you can find on all podcast platforms. It's, it's like number 10 in society and culture. It's a massive, massive podcast. And she's, she's super successful. She was super sweet, super nice. And um, we had a freaking awesome chat with her. She talks all about the science behind being happy. Um, so there's plenty of stuff that you guys can take away for this time right now and then moving forward in your life. Yeah, I'm excited about this. So uh, when we come back, we'll be back with Dr. Lori Santos. All right, everyone, sit tight and we'll be right back for some more adulting like a mother father. Okay, guys, as parents, we want to encourage our children to pursue their dreams and provide opportunities that give them the best chance to succeed. Sometimes that means optimizing their routine, making it more flexible, more dynamic so that ultimately they have more time to focus on the things that they love. That's why there's Laurel Springs. So I was homeschooled uh, from eighth grade all the way through high school so that I could uh, act and audition and film and so on and so forth. So it was a huge part of my life. And I'm an advocate for it because I got a really great education. I was able to pursue the dream that um, I still do today. And, you know, in these trying times, people are homeschooling their kids as we speak. So Laurel Springs is a, is a really helpful tool. 100%. I think this is going to change the way that we do things going forward too. Um, okay. So for those of you that like the details, like I do, Laurel Springs recognizes that each child is a unique individual with their own personal interests, special talents, and unique learning style. Their flexible learning program offers challenging and diverse elective courses. And Laurel Springs is accredited um, and they're accredited by the Western Association of Schools and Colleges and Advanced ED, which means that their transcripts are recognized by colleges and universities worldwide. So register your child at laurelsprings.com slash adulting today and receive a waived res- registration fee. That's uh, laurelsprings.com slash adulting to get your waived registration fee. laurelsprings.com slash adulting. All right, guys, we're back. Here's adulting like a mother father. We're so happy that you're able to, to come on adulting with us. Um, for those of our listeners who don't know who you are, um, you're a professor of psychology at Yale. Um, and what I thought was really interesting is you actually teach the most popular course in Yale's history. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. It's called Psychology in the Good Life, a whole class about the science of happiness. Amazing. It's definitely a course that I would have taken when I was in school. So that's <laughs> cool. Um, okay. What I want to get from you right off the bat is, is obviously we're in a really funky time right now. We'll address that. But um, just looking at happiness in general, can you bust any common myths about happiness that people might, you know, currently have a perception of that you think are totally false? Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest ones is that our happiness comes from our life circumstances. So how rich you are, what car you drive, you know, what job you have, people think that it's what our life is about is, is kind of what makes us happy. But what the research suggests is that that's simply not the case. You know, our circumstances matter a teeny, teeny, tiny bit for happiness, but not nearly as much as we think. I mean, take the case of money. Um, the research now shows that basically if you're living above the poverty line, more money is not going to make you happy. Now, that's not what we think. You know, many of us are playing the lottery or worried about our investments, you know, especially in this funky yeah. time we're in right now. But, but in practice, for most of us, what, what happens with that stuff is just not going to matter. It's just not going to affect our happiness one bit. Okay, so if it's not based on circumstances, how should it be defined? Yeah, well, it's often science suggests is really often defined by your mindset and your behaviors, you know, the kinds of things that you're actually doing on a daily basis that can make or break your happiness. And one of those behaviors that really matters is 
taking time to be focused on other people, either through mm. social connection and kind of connecting with other people, but even just doing nice stuff for others. I think this is a spot where our culture gets it wrong. You know, we always have this idea of sort of treat yourself or sort of self-care, you know, self, self, self. But the research really suggests that it's about our interactions with others. That's how we derive our well-being, you know, from doing nice stuff for others, from being focused on other people. You know, just being obsessed with yourself is kind of a recipe for unhappiness, in fact. Yeah, I could, I could totally see where that would get you in a bad spot. That landed for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so if it has this different definition, is happiness, this is something I'm really interested in. Can it be measured? So if like, take for example, any person today that doesn't feel as happy as they think they should be, is there a way to measure that over time to know whether or not you're actually making progress? Yeah, there definitely is. It's not a perfect measurement. You know, I wish we had like a little thermometer we could stick in people's mouths and say, oh, you know, you're, you know, 80% happy right now. Sadly, we don't have that. Uh, most of the measures are really just self-report. You know, they're well validated. It's not like a bad BuzzFeed survey or something like that. But, but they are asking people to self-report how they feel. Um, and there's two kinds of measures. One has you think about and, and reflect on how you're feeling in your life. You know, so that's about what kinds of positive emotions you're experiencing, whether you're experiencing kind of a lack of negative emotions, so kind of being happy in your life. But then there's also surveys that ask you to explore whether you're feeling happy in your life. And so those are often related to what's called life satisfaction. So all things considered, how satisfied are you with your life? Um, and, and what social scientists tend to think is that if you self-report to me that you're having lots of positive emotions, not so many negative emotions, and you say generally you're satisfied with your life, I'm going to say that you're pretty happy. Um, again, it's not a perfect measure, but it correlates with all kinds of fun stuff. Like if I do text analyses of your social media accounts, or if I do detailed interviews with your family members, like those, those more detailed reports do correlate with those simple self-report measures. So not perfect, but it does get us somewhere. Okay. Okay. I love that. Um, Okay, this is an interesting one as well, to me at least. Uh, I, I know you're saying that happiness is primarily based on habit and the things that you're doing and focusing on other people. Um, but in any sense, like, can it just be a choice? Yeah, that's really what the data suggests. Again, this is a, mis a mistake that we make. If you, you were asking before about misconceptions, here's another one, right? We think happiness is built in. You're just kind of born to be a glass half full or a glass half empty person. But the data really suggests that we can change our happiness a lot um, simply by adopting these behaviors. Um, and and the, where the science figures this out is that the science does a lot of interviews with actually happy people, you know, people out there who self-report being super happy. And mm -hmm. then you ask what they do. And they're doing all these behaviors. So then if you make some not so happy folks do these behaviors, you know, focus on others, you know, things we haven't even talked about yet, like taking time for gratitude or healthy practices like exercise and sleep. If people start engaging with those behaviors that we know make happy people happy, then they too end up getting happy, which, which kind of makes sense. But it means this profound thing, which is that all of us right now today can take control of our happiness and improve both our positive moods and our life satisfaction. Yeah, that's, that's really powerful. I, I, I love just, just knowing that it really comes down to accountability. Like if you basically with anything, if there's something that you don't have, but you, you have the desire to have it, then there are ways that you can go and get it. Which is kind of good and bad, right? You know, if it's built in and you're not happy, then you can kind of throw up your hands and be like, all right, you know, I'm just not a happy person. But yeah. in some ways, the onus is on you. Like once you hear this work, then it's like, okay, now you have to put the hard work in. But but that's true for everything, you know, in adult life. You know, we want to, I don't know, you eat healthier or exercise more or save more. Like 
all of those things take work. All good things in life take work and, and happiness works like that. It's achievable, but you got to put in the time and the intention. And I think what's so great for everyone to remember is with happiness, we're so much more capable and we have like so much more, we're more equipped to sort of tackle pretty much anything, doesn't it? I mean, a lot of it starts with just your mindset and, and I think generally happy people have a better outlook and, and are more optimistic. Yeah, that's what the, the data really says. There does seem to be a genetic component to happiness, but, but what that genetic component is doing is it seems to predispose us to certain mindsets and certain behaviors. So people who are genetically predisposed to be happier tend to be more social naturally, for example. Like they tend to be more grateful naturally. They tend to be more present naturally. Um, and so those of us who are not necessarily genetically predisposed to be happy, I throw myself in that category. I have to work at this a lot. Um, yeah. You know, we can just copy the behaviors of the people who are doing it naturally and we can get all the same benefits. Okay. And that, that's good to know because I think I would, I would probably put myself in the same bucket as you, like chasing happiness or finding happiness is something I focus on a lot, you know, through exercise, through meditation, through reading. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is interesting to, to hear you say that like some people are, um, you know, naturally, yeah, yeah, naturally just maybe more happy. Uh, yeah. And then some of us have to work a little bit harder at it. Yeah, but it's achievable for all of us, you know, and, and ultimately everybody's doing the same stuff. And, and I'm glad you brought up exercise and meditation. I think those would be the next two things on my list after being a little bit other oriented. You know, happiness is a mindset of being present, of being mindful. And, you know, we know through the ancient traditions and new science that this act of taking time to meditate, you know, not a ton of time, just five to 10 minutes a day, it really can increase mindfulness, you know, throughout the day. And then same thing with exercise. You know, we know exercise is so critical for our physical health, but we forget the impact it has on our mental health. Like one study shows that uh, a half hour of cardio a day is equivalent to a prescription of Zoloft for reducing symptoms of depression, right? And so, you know, yeah, yeah, your psychiatrist should be prescribing you, you know, a Peloton. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably cheaper. It might be cheaper than, you know, these continued prescriptions. Uh, Yeah, I... I, I don't like saying couldn't agree more, but I honestly could not agree more. I think uh, I've been somebody who exercised for years and years at this point through sports. And then once I finished with sports, just it was such a habit for me. But what I found is honestly more than the, the physical benefits of it, the mental piece is, is far and beyond anything else I can get from it. And I know when I'm not working out, I feel it and I'm a completely different person and I know how quickly just going out and exercising for a half hour or an hour can turn everything around for me. Yeah, it's honestly it's something I've actually learned later in life like I was not I was the nerdy kid who was going to go off and be a Yale professor. I was not the like <laughs> jockey sporty kid. And so it's only later in life that I've really seen, you know, the power of this stuff, but you know, yeah. I can feel it now too that if I'm not getting my cardio in in the morning, you know, if I skip that yoga practice, like it just feels so different, right? Um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's helping you mentally much more than we often realize. Yeah, 100%. More adulting like a mother father when we come back. Literally recording in my Viore at this exact moment. I have too. not, thank you. I have not gotten out of sweats. I mean, seriously, what are jeans? Um, so, Viore for me has been sort of a lifesaver. It's so soft and so comfortable. They're, whatever their fabric is, honestly, I, I could probably look at the tag right now, but whatever it is, it's so comfortable. Um, 
you know, I don't really want to wear anything else and I don't have to, thankfully. So, um, check out Viore, you guys, uh, if you want to be a little more comfortable during this fun little quarantine time, it's just an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, Viore is going to offer you guys 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and most versatile clothing on the planet at vioriclothing.com slash adulting. So it's, um, V U O R. I clothing.com slash adulting. And not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Just go to vioreclothing.com slash adulting and discover the versatility of their clothing. It's so comfy. And now back to adulting like a mother father. Um, okay. So I have to know this part. What like, I guess what guided you towards the psychology around being happy? Is there something that you experienced in your own life where you felt like you weren't in a place and you wanted to, to find more happiness? I mean, what, what was the driving factor here? Yeah. So what, what ended up happening was that it, it wound up being through my job at Yale in a really funny way. So I'm, I'm been teaching at Yale for the last like 17 or so years, but in just the last four years, I took on a new role on campus as a head of college. So Yale is one of these weird schools like Hogwarts where it has like, you know, colleges within a college, like Gryffindor and Slytherin and these kind of yeah. weird colleges internally. Um, so I'm the head of Silliman College, which means I live on campus with students. Like I'm eating with them in the dining hall and hanging out wow. with them in their coffee shop. And and what I saw was this like so-called mental health crisis among young people up close and personal where, you know, just nationally, the stats are crazy. Like 40% of college age students report being too depressed to function. Over 60% say that they're overwhelmingly anxious. You know, I was just seeing that in the trenches. And so the class emerged out of my attempt to try to help my students just to give them some practical tips. I kind of retrained in this science of psych- uh, of happiness in order to teach the class. Um, and I didn't, you know, I didn't realize how much students would be voting with their feet about how much they really wanted this yeah. content. You know, o- almost a quarter of Yale students ended up taking the class the first time I taught it. Wow. wow. Yeah, that, that's really powerful. How do you, like, I think a class like that is amazing. And like I said before, I, I absolutely would have taken it myself. Um, how do you reach kids outside of Yale and outside of the podcast, because I'm thinking about the, you know, the normal podcast listener and it might not be that age of person yet. Yeah. Do you, do you think the people or the generation that in your mind probably needs to consume this content the most is, is being able to find it or accessing it? Yeah, well, we've done a couple of things to try to make the content available. I mean, one is one is the podcast, right? Um, you know, the Happiness Lab. It's it's a it's a really digestible format. It's not like a whole Ivy League class. It's just kind of you know quick half hour tips, um, which you know, and, and that's really resonated with folks. Um, we've also put a version of the class online. So Yale has a, a digital arm on Coursera.org, which is one of these platforms where you can get these online classes. And uh, we put the class online. It's called the Science of Wellbeing, and it's actually there right now for anyone to take. So, so since you're saying Andrew that you would take the class if you could, but it's there. You can take it now. So <laughs> no more excuses. Amazing. Uh, but uh, but yeah, and the, and the goal is that you know we get some demographic data, and we know that young teens are taking that class. Um, and so the hope is that we're kind of giving the content out for free to people who need it. Okay. Okay. I love that. Um, okay. This, uh, is, is something I'm very curious about, uh, with, with all your background and education and knowledge around happiness, do you feel like individually you've mastered it yourself or do you have days or periods of time where you fall out of that state of happiness? 
amidst pandemics that challenge it. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, master is like, you know, I think that might be a strong word. Like I'm not like the Yoda of happiness, like sitting there, you know, Zen master. I think ha- what, what I've learned is that happiness is something that's going to take daily work and effort. It's not like a destination that you get to. It's something mm-hmm. that you're constantly kind of putting work into. Um, but I have gotten happier through learning about the science of happiness and teaching it. I think I mean, one big thing is that realizing that this content can help so many people and that I can get the content out to so many people, it's been incredibly meaningful. Um, you know, it's been a great like boost in my own well-being to feel like I'm doing something that's meaningful, that makes me more satisfied with my life. Um, it's also forced me to practice what I preach. You know, I'm teaching in front of thousands of Yale students. Like if I'm not exercising or if I'm not meditating, you know, they're going to know it and see it. And so I've had to kind of stay on track of these behaviors because yeah. otherwise, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll get it. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that the research shows does make you happy that I've lost a little bit is, uh, is time. In fact, there's all this great work uh, showing that one thing that can boost our mood is having access to more time, what's called time affluence, um, kind of being wealthy in time. And I'm way less wealthy in time now because I'm busier, you know, kind of going around talking about this stuff. So that's the one spot where I've gone down. But, but generally on my own self-report measurements of happiness, everything has gone up since I taught the class. Okay. Yeah, that, that's amazing. I, I would imagine that, uh, you know, you're under a bit of pressure in terms of when, when you're teaching this stuff, you better be able to be a mirror for it as well. You know, like that, that's the perception that I would have, but in reality, right. You're a human, just like the rest of us, like you would have off days. And I would imagine just once in a while, you might have an off day and there may be no reason whatsoever for it, but you got to go in there and basically teach people, um, almost the opposite of what you could be feeling. Yeah, and it's it's a little tricky. I mean, it's it's partly the opposite of what you're feeling, but it, you know, I get busy too, and I slack off. You know, all of us have our goals for the behaviors we want to be putting into effect, but that doesn't always translate into what we're really doing. And one thing I've tried to do is just to be really honest about that with both my podcast listeners and the students in the class. Just honest about like, hey, this is hard for me too, and I think you know, that really resonates with people that like, you know, even the expert on this is completely human, you know, it's going to take me work too. So if it's feeling like it's taking you work, that's not that it's not, you know, working in the way you think, or that you're doing something bad, or that you're not good at this, like it just takes hard work for everybody. I think that's something that I lean into a lot, especially since becoming a mom for the first time is utilizing, you know, our audience and the people that are, are listening and watching and, and sharing the hard truths and sharing all the moments, whether they be good or bad. And something about that somehow helps others feel less alone. And in that, it's it's weird how like just being honest and being transparent about things that are real can really help make you feel better in a way. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I think that's, you know, one of the reasons I love your podcast, right, is that we think you just become an adult, you know, you hit your 30s or something and magically you just know how to do all these things in life. But in practice, lots of this stuff is hard and we don't know what to do. And I think just admitting that there are other people out there you know, struggling isn't even, you know, maybe too strong, but just like a little bit confused and not feeling like they have it totally together. I think that can be really powerful. Yeah. I mean, it is a unique time and we're all constantly learning and growing and um, the awareness around trying to learn about ourselves is, it seems like it's um, very saturated in these years. Like, you know, anywhere from, at least for me personally, my, my mid to mid twenties to now I'm 
officially in my 30s. It's like I'm using this time to really hone in on who I am and how I tick. So, you know, elements like you've talked about and, and sharing how to become more happy really uh, hits home for me. Yeah, and I think, you know, we're growing up, like, historically, people have had cultural traditions that make this a little bit easier. And I think as we've become more secular, as we've moved away from our families, you know, in, in the kind of modern urban environments, you know, we don't have as much of a set of cultural traditions to kind of guide us through it. We sort of have to help each other and share what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um <clears throat> So obviously we're in a really funky time right now. We've talked about several things, right? We, in terms of finding more happiness, like uh, finding more time, meditation, exercise. Is there anything else that you talk about or teach that stands out um, that's like really, really applicable for this time? That's just, it, it's just so unique and a little scary and, and different for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing for this time right now is just to recognize that it is, as you've said, a funky time. I mean, it's so uncertain. We're all so anxious. And the things that we tend to do normally to improve our happiness in times like that is to reach out to our friends, right? Like go to a pub with some friends and see the yeah. people we care about or go to our mom's house and like hug our mom or something like that. And those are explicitly the things we can't do if we're going to solve the physical part of this crisis right now. And so our normal coping strategies don't work. Uh, or at least don't work in the easy way that we're normally used to using them. And so I think what the science of happiness suggests is that, you know, the same stuff is going to work for happiness. We just need to get a little creative with it. Um, so take social connection, right? The, one of the biggest things that predicts happiness, you know, social distancing could be a time when we feel really socially isolated, but it doesn't need to. You know, this is the time that we should be reaching out via FaceTime or Zoom or Skype with the people we care about, not just to have these like very specific formal meetings with them, but just to do the random stuff, you know, like, like just log on to FaceTime, even if you're like hanging out with your baby and like doing yeah. diapers or cooking dinner or something like that. We need the informal contact with the people we care about. Um, the cool thing about this time, though, is that, you know, some forms of that would have seemed weird or just kind of strange, like before this crisis, you know, hey, can I just Skype with you while I'm doing my yoga and we'll just talk while I'm doing my yoga session? You'd be like, no, weirdo, like, what are you talking about? Right? <laughs> but, but nowadays, like, we really can do that. And so I think we're opening up, potentially opening up new channels of, of social contact that just didn't exist before. We're kind of harnessing this technology to kind of contact people in ways that we could have done before, but just seem weird. I mean, just one example of this, I'm all the students on Yale's campus have had to go home as many students have. They're now doing distance learning, but I run a weekly yoga class with my students during our exercise weeks. And so I'm just running those classes online now, which would have been so weird if I was like, Hey, do yoga in your room and do it with me online. <laughs> totally. but, but now it's, it seems fine. And it, just another example, I'm, I uh, was realizing that, you know, if I'm going to kind of do Zoom to kind of Skype with my next door neighbor, I'm like, wait, hang on, I could do Zoom and Skype and have dinner with my friend in Seattle or my friend in London, even though I'm on the East Coast in the US. It's like we're opening doors to folks we probably wouldn't have hung out with in this way before, but it's allowing us to kind of rekindle old connections, make new ones. I think there's real opportunity here. I I feel the same way. I feel like I've connected with so many people in my lives more now than, than ever before. And those relationships feel so precious to me. Um, and I think, yeah, there's just a lot of, in a very, very weird way. And I completely understand that, you know, times like this are, are very hard and emotional and scary and people are hurting and things like that. But there are moments where we can really reflect on the happiness that is just, it comes back to being so simple. 
and scaling back a little bit. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think, you know, in a funny way that I think this time has caused us to savor stuff that we were just taking for granted before, you know, like take take like our local restaurant, my my local coffee shop, right? I went there every day and completely took it for granted. Now that I'm like, you know, pathetically trying to like, you know, French press my coffee at home. Like (laughs) if I could go there on like, you know, tomorrow morning, I would be so grateful. And all of us are going to get yeah. to do that again. You know, this isn't a crisis that's going to exist forever. Yeah. And we're going to just increase the amount that we savor those things and appreciate them once we have them back in our life after this is all over. I hope so. I really hope so. I think that's the one thing that, that hopefully we can all take away from this time is it's, it's you know, obviously a good chance for everybody to sort of hit reset and uh, put things back in perspective. Exactly. And I think, you know, it, I think taking this time as a fresh start for new behaviors with our families, new social behaviors, even new exercise behaviors, right? Um, I was talking to friends of mine who were saying that, you know, in theory, I should exercise less because I can't get to the gym. But in practice, what would happen is like, I would be too lazy to go to the gym, but then I wouldn't exercise at home either. But now, like, you can exercise at home, like, it's kind of normative because you can't go to the gym. And she was saying that, like, because I've gotten rid of that little friction of having to, you know, get in the clothes and go to the car and go to the gym, like it's actually much easier now too. So, so I think there are, again, obviously this is an awful catastrophe. You know, people are losing their lives. It's not to make light of the real crisis that we're going through, but I still think even in spite of that, there's a silver lining there for many, many of us. And if we can embrace that silver lining, that's going to help us get through the anxiety and the uncertainty of, of a situation that could be pretty bad. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. Um, Okay. So I just want to say thank you. We feel really lucky to have gotten you on. Um, I know you're busy, but we appreciate your time. You have a new podcast season uh, for the Happiness Lab, which is launching April 28th. Mm -hmm. And then right before that, in part because of the COVID-19 crisis, we're actually doing a bunch of special episodes uh, all over for the next month, two episodes a week on kind of what you can do to stay happy in this kind of coronavirus crazy time. So check those out for some specific tips about what you can do right now to be happy. And then, yeah, come back for season two starting uh, April 27th, I think. Oh, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and we wish you a very happy, happy day. (laughs) Yeah, you too. Thank you. All right, everyone, sit tight and we'll be right back for some more adulting like a mother father. What a funky time, right? We're talking a lot about health these days. Uh, one of the biggest things that you can do for your health is, is drink enough water, right? Believe it or not, dehydration occurs daily in three out of four people. That's, That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Daily dangers of dehydration include headaches, dizziness, brain fog, muscle fatigue, muscle cramping, and dry skin, to name a few. It's hard to drink eight eight ounce glasses of water per day. Eight? Eight. Oh, wow. Okay. This keeps you hydrated all day long. Thankfully, there's Liquid IV, the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. So Liquid IV can provide the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water. It contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. It's healthier than traditional sugary sports drinks. There's no artificial flavors, no preservatives, and has less sugar than an apple. It's non-GMO, vegan, and free of gluten, dairy, and soy so it has all clean ingredients um that sounds good to me yeah i love that i love that there's no junk in it yeah uh, and and i can attest to this i took it the other day before i worked out and i just i was like 
fatigued. Yeah. I had no energy, whatever. I hadn't drank enough It's almost water. like a pre-workout drink. Almost, yeah. <laughs> I felt great going into the workout. Good news for you guys. You can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use adulting at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order on Liquid IV's website. Just go to liquidiv.com and enter promo code adulting to save 25% and get better hydration. That's liquidiv.com, promo code adulting. Don't wait. Start properly hydrating today. And now back to adulting like a mother father. Okay, guys, we're back. Um, I personally really enjoyed that. So I hope you guys did too. I think it's important to have conversations about things as simple as being happy. I just don't think that I've ever thought about the effort that goes into being happy. Do you think about it when you're not happy though? Um, (laughs) yeah. I mean, an example would be like if we're arguing and Mm -hmm. my mood goes from totally fine to very affected in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a struggle for me to come out of it. Um, even if we resolve things like, I just can't, I don't know how it's like my body, my brain just doesn't want to get over things very quickly. And all I want in that moment is to just be in that state of mind. It's so weird. It's like self-sabotage, you you know, like I don't want to be happy again because I'm upset or I'm annoyed or I'm frustrated with like total sense. Why? What makes what? It doesn't. Oh, I know it. That's what self-sabotage is though. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily make sense. Yeah. It's just sort of like a mech, I don't know, a default thing that happens. Okay. So here's a, here's a weird question. Like if you think about like a happiness scale, right. Or a mood scale, where do you think you sit naturally? So naturally, like no issues going on yeah, and like nothing like crazy happening in your life. That's like amazing and awesome and exciting. I mean, I think I'm like an eight if it's a scale of one You're to 10. Eight? Wow. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't disagree. Y- oh, you don't disagree that I'm an eight or no, you don't disagree. No, that I don't eight? disagree that you're an eight. Oh Yeah. I think you're, yeah, you're naturally like pretty perky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would say is a good word. I guess. I mean, it sounds, I mean, it's just how I am. I don't know. I mean, I definitely have moments where I'm happier than other times for sure. Yeah. And I think also because I'm generally very happy, um, even when I'm not, even when like something happened and honestly, the only like example I could use is if there's something wrong between us. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, but I think there's other things too. Like you seem to let like environmental or external things like affect your mood a lot. Whereas, um, like last night you were getting texts from your family about the Corona updates or whatever. Like I could dip very easily. Yes. Sure. I think that that's part of the reason that makes you a good actress is that like you naturally experience all sorts of emotions all the time. Mm -hmm. So you're able to access that stuff. Can we just talk about something? Because this is like something I have felt my whole life. And it wasn't until I was older that someone sort of like deemed me a certain thing, which would be an empath. Okay. And I've thought about this a lot in my life because as amazing as I think it can be to be empathetic, I also feel like it really weighs on me in a way that... um, compromises just like my balance in life yeah um do you know um there's a definition difference between uh sympathetic and empathetic. i don't know the definition i think we can i can pull it up if we need to but i think sympathetic is when you have the ability feel to feel sorry mm-hmm. for other people or 
events or situations, whatever empathetic is the ability to put yourself in the shoes of that person. That's what I feel. Okay. So like an example would be if, for instance, okay, you like the sound of rain. This is so silly, but you like the sound of rain. I do not. Why? Because last night when we were laying in bed and it went from not raining to raining, my body physically felt affected because I was worried for the animals and homeless people. That's where your mind goes? Yes. Wow. Instantly. I was laying there struggling to like just talk myself off that little ledge. I I think that that's a negative sometimes, but I want to say that. You have like one of the biggest hearts. I get that. And I appreciate you saying that because like, it's really cool to feel, but the, the, the issue is, is I'm not doing anything about it and I'm not able to fix the the problem that makes me feel that way. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not, it doesn't help to feel this way is what I'm saying. It feels heavy. But maybe if you just, if you just refocus that energy, I try, like kind of what yes. we talked about earlier in the episode, like where I run into issues mentally is I think rather than do sometimes and it sounds like you're kind of doing the same thing so if you took some of that empathy that you're feeling or that negative energy and the second you started feeling that you just put it towards one action that like made whatever situation you're thinking about in your head better i think you could reduce like the stress and anxiety and the negative feelings around that Mm -hmm. and you could turn it into a positive i'm no expert sure no i know i mean i know that there could be a lot of good that comes from having feelings and emotions like that. I just think that in the moment it feels not debilitating. It's not like the right word, but it just feels heavy. And so I'm, I'm learning this more about myself because as a kid, um, the best way I knew how to handle it was to just take action. Like yeah. I felt, you know, the cow's pain at the rodeo. I was never going to eat cow ever again. Like I just, I, made decisions very quickly. But in moments now where I'm an adult and I have my own priorities, my own responsibilities that take precedence, moments when like it starts raining and I'm worried about animals and homeless people, I, I'm not I'm literally laying there helpless. So yeah. I need to figure out that that, that balance. Tough. Yeah, I, think, I know. I don't know where I, I went with but that's what I'm saying. It's like I'm a generally very happy person, but it takes like me for instance, when we used to drive, like seeing something, you know, sad or, or something I can't help in the moment, it really like takes me down a notch sure pretty does. quickly. Yeah. I think, um, I think what, what would be helpful for you is, is if you could take a step back and you could just develop a little more, um, tolerance or acceptance, maybe is a better word for the idea that like, you cannot solve every issue. And I think what happens is like you get older, you become an adult and you're more privy to everything that's going on in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you're a kid, like you ran across issues and like at the time, that's the biggest thing in the world because like you don't know about everything else. Now you know that there's a million issues. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't fix or solve every single one of those. You just can't as a single human being. Like I think you gotta, you gotta give yourself a little more, um, leeway and accept that because I think that, you know, you now see everything that's going on, but you're still, you do a lot for the things that you care about and the causes that are, you know, most close to you. Yeah. I I wish I felt that way, but yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Um, I mean, if you just simplify, if you took it versus the average person, right? That's not even like, that's yeah i appreciate you bringing that up but that's not even i yeah i do try to do when i can 
Um, I think because there's still always going to be a massive percentage of things that, you know, not one person can help. There's always, for someone who's empathetic, there will always be something that your brain can be triggered by. It's the weirdest thing. It doesn't matter how much good you try or, you know, how much correcting you do in your own life. Mm -hmm. You will never ever, for me at least, and I don't always go here in my head, but when I get caught down this rabbit hole, I could I can very quickly spiral into wow I feel completely helpless and there are a thou- now with like the virus it's like people can't seem to get groceries because they're scared to go to the grocery store um, but there are people out there that are volunteering to do it and I now feel guilty for the people volunteering to do it it's crazy like yeah. it it anyways I don't want to I don't want to go too far into this because it's certainly not. It's just more analytical than but anything things else. like that. You got to remember, like people aren't going to do that unless they're willing to do it. Nobody's forcing them. Of course. And I understand their mentality because, you know, there are people that are cut out to, to help others and, and it's so admirable and I'm appreciative and, um, long story short, <laughs> I think I'm generally very happy, um, except for the parts where I'm still sort of, and I think this is a time where we're all working on the elements of ourselves, or at least we can do a better job of work to work on the elements of ourselves that kind of weigh us down or yeah, take a little bit of that happiness out of our lives. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, that was heavy. Yeah. I need, I need a sip of water. I didn't want it to be heavy. Oh. I, I mean, we, we've said it a bunch of times already. I think this is the perfect time to do those things. Like to take a closer look at like what's going on inside because there aren't many opportunities for you to pause your life mm-hmm. to be able to think like this. Yeah. All right, everyone, sit tight and we'll be right back for some more adulting like a mother father. Do you guys own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. And it's a good thing too because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Well, here we are on lockdown. How are you? It's Booker of the Perez Hilton Podcast with Chris Booker. We get it. We know you're bored. We're still doing shows. We're keeping you up to date with everything entertainment. A little bit of relief from everything that's going on in the world. You could get the show on Spotify. You could get it on your Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app. Whatever you do, download and subscribe and get the PHP, the Perez Hilton Podcast with Chris Booker. And everything that's entertainment will be covered. We're back. Here's adulting like a mother father. I just never thought too hard about what it took to be happy. And so listening to, to Lori diagnose the actual science behind it all is um, it's fascinating for someone who just doesn't like to think too hard about that stuff. Dude, first of all, I know you didn't go to college, but if you went to college, <laughs> would you take that course? Um, My honest answer, probably not. Why? I don't know. It's just, to me, it, it seems like it's a no-brainer. I, listen, yeah. here are the things. It, like When I know that I need a little spike in, in happy juice, for me, it's so easy. I pop a chocolate-covered goji berry in my mouth, and I go on Redfin and look at pretty houses. That's, for me, like, I got it. Do you think, um, okay, so this is going to go a little deeper. Go yeah. ahead. Oh, gosh. You know that between you and I, we've talked about this a lot, and, and I would argue that you don't like to think too far beyond the surface. Do you want to understand why? 
No, but I think that that's ultimately it seems like it's it's worked well for you. Because it's a protective thing. It's a, I know myself too well. If I think too hard about anything, like I said, yeah, I, you I just had to plummet. Yep, that's it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like you got excited that you were going to fall asleep to the rain, and I was laying there going, "Oh no, dude, I can't believe that. I can't even that ma- handle that when a sad. huge helicopter flies over the sky because now I'm wondering why." And if I think too hard about anything, my brain goes, okay, where are they going? Is there someone in trouble? (laughs) This is my issue here. So that's why mama doesn't like to think too hard, my friend. Yikes. Send help. (laughs) Or don't because I don't want anyone to have to help me. Uh, I want to keep myself happy. I don't think it's a negative. Sometimes it is. But ultimately, like you are a pretty happy person. Your mood seems to be pretty chirpy. Most of the time. So now I'm perky and I'm chirpy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll go with that. Okay. But I, I think like not thinking too hard and just doing overthinking is like is worked well for you. And I think that's part of the formula. Yeah. It definitely is for me. I mean, the formula is simple on my end. It's like I need movement. Like I need to exercise, work out or whatever. I need sun because mm-hmm. everybody does or vitamin D. Um And I need to be doing things. And like I learned a long time ago that like you you really need three things to make yourself happy. Work, love, and play. And you need all three of those things to be fulfilled and full, whatever. Mm -hmm. So like when I'm missing any of those, then I don't think I'm I'm where I could be on the scale. But that's part of, I mean, I would hope that that's part of what the class would teach. Because you're not always going to have everything, you know, not every box is going to be checked. It's just not life. Yeah. I mean, look at it, look, look at it right now. Like we have so little control, but then again, do we have control? Because at any time we can, we can help ourselves mentally. We just have to have the power and the strength to find other ways of, of keeping ourselves balanced Yeah, because we don't have work. We don't have like you know, social interaction. We have it in a different way now, obviously using but technology. You, like, but there are always ways that you can create anything that you need. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Like, everything is different for people. I, I totally understand. But if, if there's something that you feel like you're lacking, there is a way that you can sure. get it. It's going to look differently than it did yeah. three weeks ago. But she, she talked a lot about um, uh, coming from a place of gratitude and appreciation. Yeah, actually, a lot of people talk about that. There's another guy, Gary Vee. I'm sure everybody knows who that is, who talks a lot about gratitude. And, and the older I've gotten, the more I realize, like, there's a lot of truth in that. Like, when you Heck come yeah. from the perspective of, I'm appreciative for what I have now, and you're not always desiring more, or desiring to feel different, or desiring, like, tomorrow or the next thing, um, your your mood changes that is pretty why significantly. I have come to the conclusion that... Geo has started life over again for us. I'm seeing it in a completely different set of lenses. I know how much joy he brings us. I know how much joy he brings our family. You know, I'm so grateful for our little unit and our day to day. And prior to this, like I was very, very career driven like almost to a fault to the point where it would like you said like it would keep keep you up at night to be your only focus whatever and I wasn't prioritizing some other things that I that I probably should have and so I was out of balance now to me like our little unit and and having geo and just kids and and animals the innocence of life nature all these things like I'm having a real moment of realization and to me that's like 
what I'm most grateful for. It's just so cool that, you know, Geo or if you simplify even more like bringing a kid into the world, like it's just so cool that that can do all that for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying run out and have a kid. Definitely. No, no. I mean, just being on a walk, like the kids that play on our street, you know, like just hearing innocence, hearing, um, appreciating things that are just sort of, he's just simplified life (laughs) in many, many ways. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Speaking of happy and walks and all that, we've we've taken eight thousand four hundred and sixty seven <laughs> walks around the neighborhood at this point. Never walked so much in my <laughs> actually I walked every single day that I was pregnant for like an hour. Oh yeah, you did. You and did. I loved I it. About I that. just love I love that quiet time. That's something for, sure. for me that is so important. For which sure. you know, isn't necessarily it's kind of a bummer that it's raining right now, but you know, I feel like we've filled our walk tank for the last <laughs> few days dude we my can, calves yeah on fire yeah on fire i know how about yours i mean i'm i i've got i've had better calves i i just haven't like worked that hard on my bod but you know that's what that is you just use bod yeah mom bod I that's like right oh my goodness i hope everyone listening right now is um just recognizing some of the simple things and, and taking just about anything away from, um, Lori's chat. Cause there is so much value in just being able to keep yourself happy or tap into happiness, you know, just like we tap into a little coffee or tap into the bag of chocolate covered Kochi berries like me, you know, if you could just access some happiness, that'll go a long way. Dude. Yeah. It makes me think of this. Um, this uh, page that I read the other day from that, you know, I read that daily stoic book, or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like a stoic lesson every single day. And it, like a week ago or something like that, it was talking about basically finding peace within. And like, that's the only real vacation. So everyone thinks that they can escape or like go to a better place mentally when they put themselves in a different situation. But the reality is, is that anything you're feeling follows you wherever you go. So the only real vacation that you can ever have is when you find that mental calmness and peace and gratitude within and then that'll follow you everywhere that's so cool i was just thinking i wonder if there's something online or some sort of quiz you can take i'm sure there is and i'm sure people listening will chime in about this but that can like challenge you to put that all in perspective because i find that this particular quarantine time has changed our perspective of what we're really grateful for right yeah and and prior to that, like, we probably wouldn't have thought that deep into it. Coffee's up. <laughs> That's the coffee machine, everyone. Um, so, yeah, no, I think this is a great exercise for us all. So I hope everyone out there feels happy. And, you know, if not, we're sending you all of some, all of our own happy juices. We sure are. Anyways, um... Thank you guys, as always, so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, have a great week. We can't wait to have you back next week. And as always, if you're listening and enjoying um, and you haven't told anyone about the show yet, tell everybody that you know. And then go to uh, the podcast app on Apple and leave us a review. An honest we- one, whatever you're feeling. Because we will absorb it all. Right now, those reviews are keeping us afloat. And uh, we just want to create a good show for you guys so that you could have some positive juices in your ears. So happy walking, happy listening, and happy quarantining. Stay safe, everyone. We love you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Adulting Like a Mother Father. New shows drop every Tuesday on the Direct Message Network on Podcast One.